0: everyone to the practicology podcast so glad you took a moment to join us once again joined here by my co-host matthew matthew a few weeks ago you taught us about the value of choosing good mentors or good examples to follow in our christian walk i think that was episode 14 of the practicology podcast and your title for today is the example of serving others so are you returning to the subject of mentoring today
1: Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you all. I'm not actually thinking so much about the practice of mentoring today, but we are looking at the ultimate example, the ultimate mentor for our walk of faith, and that's the Lord Jesus himself. And I want us to consider some lessons from his example of serving others in the upper room as recorded in John chapter 13.
0: Well, I always love it when our eyes are turned to consider Christ. And in our previous episode, we've just learned how this is what the Holy Spirit loves to do, too, to direct us to the Lord Jesus. Uh, so, Matthew, go ahead and do that. I, I, I'm i guessing you're in John 13. You're going to be taking us to that scene where the Lord washes his disciples' feet.
1: Absolutely. And this is the night before the Lord was crucified. And, of course, there's a couple of angles we can take in approaching this passage and how it's so relevant to our lives today. One is to see the picture of a spiritual cleansing, cleansing that Christ and his word provide for us. That's particularly in verses eight to 10, when the Lord's talking to Peter about having been bathed all over and only needing now to have his feet washed. And there's some lovely connections back to the basin used by the priests in the tabernacle, but we're going to save that teaching for another time.
0: Well, we'll keep looking forward to that one then. All right. So the second main
1: theme of teaching from this scene in John 13 is the standard of humble service. The example of practically serving others as set out by our lord himself so that's where i'm going today and i expect we are going to have some very practical lessons for our christian
0: lives well that's excellent that's what we're all about at the practicology podcast so i'm looking forward to learning some helpful lessons for my theology of service and i'm going to help you matthew get started by reading john 13 here's uh what it says now before the feast of the passover Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 12 says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Thanks, Mike.
1: And I love that contrast near the beginning of your reading. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he'd come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. And it sounds like he's about to go sit upon a kingly throne. It sounds like he's going to be given a majestic robe and a scepter. He's come from God. He's going back to God. He's, all things have been given into his hand. But instead of going to sit upon a throne, he kneels down at the dirty feet of his disciples. Instead of taking a majestic robe, he simply wears a lowly servant's towel. And the one who most deserved to be served shows once again his humble servant character and takes on the task that was normally reserved for the lowest of servants, washing dirty feet. So here's the humble mind of Christ. You can think of Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the example from Christ of how to serve others. And when the Lord tells us in verse 15 that he has given us an example, the example is not that of the disciples who are all waiting for someone else to do it. The Lord doesn't say, others should do to you as I've done to you. He says, you should do as I have done. I've given you an example of how to serve others.
0: Yeah, Matthew, this passage gets me every time. And and I think of you know the Lord knowing that the Father had put all things into his hands. And so what does he then take up in his hands? He takes their dirty feet. He takes a towel. Uh, So, so amazing. Verse 16, I think of those words and how important they are too in this respect. A servant is not greater than his master. If our master, the Lord Jesus, the one who came from God and was going back to God, if he would stoop so low to serve his own, we shouldn't think it below us to do the same. Exactly. And how easy it is for us to think a particular
1: aspect of service is below our skill level or something like that. But the Lord of the universe washed people's feet And how easy it is for us to think that certain people aren't worth our time or don't deserve our service right now because of some perceived egregious error on their part. But the perfect Lord Jesus served his bumbling, stumbling, misunderstanding disciples, and we are not above our master.
0: Hmm. So is your main lesson then, Matthew, that we should have a foot washing sign up list in the lobby?
1: You could if you want. That's not the main lesson, though. Following the Lord's example doesn't have to mean actually washing people's feet, but it could. It is brought up again in Scripture in 1 Timothy 5.10 as an example of Christian love and hospitality among the widows. But that's because of the circumstances of the day. People were walking in cheap sandals on dusty roads, not the Birkenstocks or Blundstones with which you and Helen outfit all your girls. So foot washing was a particular need in their context still a humble act of service, but it's driven by the needs of the time, not to make the specific act of foot washing like something that's on a, a different plane from other acts of service. In other words, the Lord is teaching a humble heart, but not a sacramental ritual. So following the Lord's example of humbly serving others doesn't have to mean actually washing their feet, though it could if that was a needed service. But let me give you six things that following the Lord's example does mean. Six lessons from John 13 on how to follow the Lord Jesus' example of humbly serving others. Number one, it is loving service. Verse one said, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, to the uttermost. He loved his own. I mean, you might say, well, didn't he love everyone? Well, of course he did. But this is another part of Scripture's witness that confirms there's a a special bond between the Lord and his own. And he loved them so much he wanted to serve them and teach us how to serve one another out of love. We're all called to serve in different ways. We have different functions in the body of Christ. But we all have a role in the body. We all have a work to do to build up the body. And the way we are to carry out our ministry is in love. I enjoyed recently looking at the New Testament passages dealing with the metaphor of the church as a body. And this is interesting to me. 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the body and fulfilling your own particular calling in the body. It's followed by chapter 13, which is all about love. That's how you serve one another, in love. Ephesians 4 deals with the gifts in the body. And again, it it concludes by teaching us that we are to build up the body in love. Romans 12, another passage about the different functions in the body of Christ. Then uh, that's Romans 12, 4 to 8. Then verse 9, let love be genuine. Show brotherly love. Galatians 5 comes to mind too. You were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. You will be much more free to serve one another faithfully if you truly love one another. And that's how this scene begins. The Lord loves his own. Therefore, lesson number two, not only is it loving service, it is therefore willing service. Because he loved them, He willingly served them. Love doesn't seek its own, but the good of others. And true Christ-like love doesn't depend upon the loveliness of the object being loved or the beauty of the feet being washed, but it depends upon the love of the giver. It is willing and voluntary. And we see that in John 13 because the disciples obviously weren't prodding the Lord into this service. He initiated it, much to their surprise but he did it because this is his true character, his true heart. Luke 22, 27, I am among you as one who serves. That's just who he is. Because that's who he is in his heart, he offered willing, voluntary service to others.
0: Yeah, I love that reference you gave from Luke 22, I am among you as one who serves. And what you're saying about that, just being the very character of our Lord. We can aspire to greatness at times, but the Lord shows us true greatness is seen in being a true servant. In fact, that's what the Lord was saying immediately before that verse you quoted in Luke 22, where he says, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, but not so with you, rather let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. So as is so often true in our countercultural Christian faith, The way up is actually the way down.
1: Yeah, that's it. So let me take that a step further with our third lesson from John 13 about serving others. It is loving service to others, it is willing service to others. Number three, it is lowly service to others. Washing someone's feet wasn't typically the type of activity that earned big praise in the household because it was such a menial activity. But in many ways, Christianity magnifies the menial. It exalts the ordinary. And lowly service to others is appreciated by Christ, even if it often goes unnoticed or unthanked by our Christian brothers and sisters. I do think, by the way, that it is good for us to show appreciation for the service that others render, encourage them in it, thank them for what they do. But listen, being being dependent upon the praise of others Is unhealthy and it can be a dangerous trap. And following the example of Christ, I want to learn to be more willing to serve my fellow saints in the ordinary, in the lowly things that may never get the public shout out. And talk about lowly service, washing someone's dirty feet. This is not glorious in human eyes, nor to human noses, but it counts, beloved. And it's Christ-like. And there are many forms of what we may naturally think of as lowly activities that are nonetheless very valuable, whether in your own home or in the life of the church in some other way washing dishes, picking up garbage, changing diapers, cleaning toilets, cleaning out a gutter, sweeping the floor, etc. You could give a hundred examples. And what makes all those lowly things noble is that you can do it as under the Lord. Serving one another in lowly service is noble and precious because it is Christ like. And it's noted by God. Okay, let me jump to our fourth lesson now, though, from John 13. Christ's example teaches us needed service unto others. Needed service. I know there's rich spiritual imagery in the feet washing too, but the fact is the disciples' feet were dirty and they needed to be washed. But no one rose to meet the need until Christ did. He saw a need and he met it. There was often someone else assigned to this work, but in this instance, that servant wasn't present, so the work was undone until a greater servant moved to meet the need. Maybe you could just pause and reflect for a moment as you're listening uh, about the needs you see in God's household where you are. That pause was not an error in the recording. That was just for you to reflect on the needs that come to your mind. Is, Is it possible that you could meet that need? It maybe wasn't what you had in mind but is it possible that the lord is impressing this need upon you because he wants you to meet that need that's just something for you to consider
0: yeah that's uh that's worth considering matthew i mean the subject of finding our role in the church and how best we should serve is always a valuable one and i i know you've recently done some teaching on that and hopefully you'll uh, see that you need to meet the need and record a podcast episode on it soon But for now, what you're saying is one of the factors in determining our role in the body is what needs do we identify, right?
1: Yeah, because one of the ways the Spirit of God graciously works is to impress different needs upon different people.
0: Right. But I think you're giving us another lesson here, too. Uh, Sometimes the service that is required may not be something we feel particularly called to do. It may not be something we think is going to be our main focus in the church, but nonetheless, there's a gap here and the need needs to be met.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe the person who normally does it or is supposed to do it is sick, or maybe they forgot. So what are you going to do? Are you going to stand there with your arms crossed and say, well, that's not my calling.
0: Hopefully not. And what you're pointing out is that the Lord's example is to serve others by recognizing sometimes we just need to step up to meet the need of the hour because our brothers and sisters have needs and we want to love them and serve them like Christ did. Okay, so you've given us four lessons so far from Christ's example of serving others. You've told us it was loving service, it's willing service, lowly service, and it is needed service. What are your remaining two? Number five, it will sometimes be misunderstood
1: or unappreciated service. It will sometimes be misunderstood or unappreciated service. I've already warned us that we don't want to be dependent upon the praise of others, although it's good for us to express appreciation for other service. But I notice in this scene in John 13 that no one is recorded as saying, thanks, Lord. Thanks for washing my feet. And not only that, but Peter makes it clear they didn't understand the full significance of what was happening. So, of course, they didn't fully appreciate it. Judas Iscariot clearly didn't really appreciate it. The Lord washed the feet of the one who would lift up his heel in rebellion. That does remind me of a sister I know who faithfully served another sister, not a Judas by any means, but she was she was faithfully serving another sister who because of her age and her mind she was unable to appreciate what was being done for her. In fact, uh It was was a pathetic scene in some ways, but she was sometimes very rude and disrespectful to the sister who was showing her such kindness. But that sister remained faithful and kept helping her to the very end. She was doing it as unto the Lord. She was doing it like Christ who loved his own unto the end. She kept serving that older sister, even though it couldn't be understood by her and was clearly unappreciated by her. But I can guarantee you it wasn't unappreciated by the Lord Jesus. It's a, a sad fact of human experience that we often don't appreciate the blessing someone else is in our lives until they're gone. Sometimes the work you are doing isn't even actually known by anyone else in the church, but there there is a smiling eye at the right hand of God looking down with joy upon you. Sometimes the work you're doing is thought to be a small thing, so it's taken for granted. But you know how hard it is. You know how you've put your heart into it, and so does the Lord. Now, I know that that can also lead at times to spiritual and physical fatigue. So let me reiterate once more. Take time, brothers and sisters, to reach out and say thank you to one another, to acknowledge the work of others. Don't overlook it. Everything counts. But when you feel like no one understands what you're putting into it, or when you feel like no one appreciates what you're doing, hey, remember the Lord Jesus experienced the same. This is part of God molding you into the image of Christ. He does understand and appreciate all that you do for his name's sake. All right, last lesson from Christ's humble example of serving others. It is loving service. Let that be our motivation. It is willing service. It is lowly service, willing to do the lowly things. It is needed service. We've got to meet the need. It will sometimes be misunderstood or unappreciated service. Number six, it is rewarding service. I've just been hinting at this. The Lord understands and appreciates, but I'm also thinking of verse 17 of John 13. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. The mere knowledge that I should serve, but I don't, that isn't going to bring much joy. That may even lead to a little bit of a bitter self-centeredness. Why aren't others serving me? But the Lord promises a blessing to those who offer loving, loving, willing service to others. And the Lord always keeps his promises. So let's learn, beloved, from the humble example of Christ. Let's develop a good theology of serving others from John 13, and let's put that theology into practice.
0: Amen, Matthew. Thank you for this. Thank you for serving me. Thank you for serving us in this episode. And to all you listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Uh, Sometimes we think, how can we serve you better? We encourage you to send us a line on email, info at practicologypodcast.com. Maybe you have a question you'd like us to consider, please feel free to send that to us. You can also find us on Twitter at M&M's podcast. And just a reminder too, to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet. Thanks for joining us and let's go out and serve our Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: Have a great day, everyone.